everybody. Welcome back to the Ghouls Room. I'm your cryptid host, Emmy. I'm your ghost host, Julia. <laughs> I like the that. The ghost host! Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> Cute and wholesome content only. And we're back for our second podcast, our second chapter on telling you spooky stories about ghosts, ghouls, and cryptids without actually terrifying you. At least that's <laughs> the goal. We're just here to educate you on the fun stuff. That's we'll see all. this week, though, because we both kind of chose creepy-ass stuff. <laughs> if we you, did. If you want to and you like social media, you can follow us on Instagram at theghoulsroom underscore in between each word. We also have a Gmail, which I forgot to mention in the last podcast. I just kind of gave you the title that it was the Ghoul's Room podcast with a period in between each. And then I just kind of stopped. It's that. And then at gmail.com, <laughs> I'll make sure to edit the link and stuff so that it actually says the Gmail center. We have a Patreon. I will include the link to that as well in the description. I'm also considering making a Twitter and I'm not sure because I don't actually, that's the one social media I've never created. I think, I'm pretty sure I have one for work, but that's, I only use it for work purposes, yeah. but we could turn it into just like real life happenings in the cryptid and ghoul world and just like retweet people's experiences and like take a look interact Ooh. with the audience i, I know y'all listening would like that yeah exactly <laughs> just we just want, that'd easy. probably be yeah facts. i will read every <laughs> single comment and i will cry and i will feel emotionally invested in every <laughs> single one's perception of me <laughs> even so. though they definitely don't matter <laughs> oh god we are having a heat wave and I almost said California. I don't live in California, in England, and it's not a good time. I feel very gross and sticky right now because no house in England has air conditioning because it's just... That's so sad. It's not really something they normally need. Like, I have a fan, but I don't have it on right now, obviously, because, like, the recording would not be great. So I'm just like, I'm not sweating, but you know when you just feel sticky and you're like, yeah oh the worst feeling yeah that's what where i'm at right now but also they don't have fun like rarely do they ever have thunderstorms so you don't get that relief either of that like where it breaks yeah like that massive thunderstorm and then you're like oh thank god the humidity's gone like england's just humid at all times that's so sad no england get your act together do better (laughs) (laughs) just crying like last night i don't think i slept until 3 a.m because it was just hot i was just like i can't nobody touch me get away don't talk to <laughs> I can't me do this i can't do this i remember once i don't know where i was we were on vacation and it was like a theme park or something it might have been disney or something like that and my mom and i are definitely like very close and even as a kid i was probably way too clingy or something and i remember one day she got way too hot and i went to hold her hand or something and she like snatched it out of my glasses and she yelled and was like don't touch me it's too hot she's like hell no and i was like momentarily traumatized because my mother just (laughs) rejected rejected you (laughs) rejected my affection and that is the foundation of my mommy issues no (laughs) your mom's gonna listen to me like what the fuck she's like i had no idea (laughs) i'm kidding mom oh my god no it's so funny I think I've teased her about that story before, so she knows. <laughs> God, now I'm sweating now for some reason. Like, I feel like, triggered by these hot stories, and now I'm like breaking into a sweat, but I have air conditioning. So. <laughs> it's 
it's not even that hot. Like it's eighty degrees ish in England, so that's like mid twenties Celsius. In case I don't know, people are listening and they don't use Fahrenheit. But um, Jesus Christ! <laughs> there but, you go. I don't know because like New York, where we grew up, it's way hotter during the summer. And that's true. I, I think we're actually in our. Did the heat wave break? I've been cooped up inside in the air conditioning, so I have no idea what's going on out there in the world. I literally walked from Rob's house to mine today, and it's maybe a five-minute walk, maybe eight if I'm, like, strolling. And I, by the time I got to my house, I was like, this is disgusting. I <laughs> this is a bad time. Like, Rest oh, in peace. No. Like I literally walked outside and I was just immediately like squinting. I'm like, what the? F- what is? What is that in the sky? What is the heat? <laughs> what is that? The sun? It's like I, the sun I moved, is that you? <laughs> I moved to England for a very specific reason. It was not for heat. That's facts. That is facts. <laughs> you got enough of that here, and you had enough of that in California. Yeah. Good God, I don't need anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. How have you been? What are you up to? Uh. I've been good working pretty much nonstop and then being home because I still am working remotely. So I haven't been in the office for three months now. Um, I haven't left really my house except for maybe to go shopping like once a week. <laughs> I think I went out to lunch two weeks ago, which was super weird because I haven't been to a restaurant in like three months. Mm-hmm. So I went there with my dad and my mom because they really wanted to go but other than that my god i've just been waking up at noon like every single day and working except i don't get up at noon except for my on the weekends because i do work at 7 a.m if my boss is listening i do work (laughs) i do get up at the right time i do get up and actually work but um yeah so i've just been working and it's so sad because i don't want to work anymore (laughs) i want vacation Hey, I want a job. I'm That's fair. <laughs> we have the exact um, opposite problem. I know. But I did mention this before we started the podcast, but my cat's been acting super weird today mm-hmm. after I was doing research this morning on mm-hmm. my cryptid of choice today is the Navajo Skinwalkers. Mm-hmm. And I know I was looking into stuff mm-hmm. and I was watching an old video on a ufo from like the 60s that was like like real footage from a submarine that had it's like little you know how it like raises that thing from above the water to like look the periscope like, yeah it was looking through the periscope and like saw the ufo like changing shapes and there's like real photos of it online like real images from the periscope like what it looked like and as it was playing and like the documentary person was talking about it my cat started screaming like screaming, not like not like meow meow, bitch. I'm hungry. Let's, let's, let's get that little kibble in the bowl. Like, let's go. Like <laughs> screaming, like crying, and then jumps on the couch and then starts attacking, like literally, like but not just like attacking and biting, like growling and attacking. You? Yeah, at the hand that I was holding oh, the. Oh God! When I was holding the um, the phone where the, like the documentary was coming out of, and he was attacking my arm that was holding the I the wonder phone. If I had like. A frequency that he didn't like or something or he's an alien <laughs> or he's an alien he's like, that <laughs> and is he's like, my mothership you cannot know this and he doesn't Put want it to away know. honestly his eyes are super human like so now i have like this weird unsettling feeling that he's like an <laughs> alien or like a skinwalker living in my home which 
that is not to be offensive to the story of skinwalkers but we'll Honestly, get to that later I've, so i've met that cat and as someone who has been raised around animals and i've interacted with animals from like lions to meerkats to whatever your animals your dog included freak me out yeah i do attract a weird <laughs> amount of nasty mean animals that don't treat me bad like they're so yeah like, except for like pink biting me just now because of like the phone otherwise he's pretty cute and like is sleeping right now on my lap and is like super cuddly and happy yeah and my no. dog, despite attacking everything that moves, is super <laughs> excited to see me every day. So I don't know what is with... And my turtle bites everyone, too, but doesn't bite me, so I don't know. Yeah, like, when I slept over that one time, Pink was very nice to me, but I was still, like, was kind of like... I got this vibe where I was like, if I do something wrong, he's going to bite me. So I'm like, <laughs> Apprehensive. <laughs> and then, yeah, your dog just loses his shit when he sees me. And he's a big boy. I'm like... Yeah, I he's a big lab. I around dogs, but I was like, I've been bit in the face by a dog, and I still continue to pet that dog. That's <laughs> true. Your dog itself, I was like, ooh. And it's I shocking, she's a lab, too. So it's like, out of all types of dogs, be, like, aggressive. I like, why is my lab? Boy, he's he is a good defensive. boy. He is. He's he loves his boy. mama. He he's just... like, protect my mama. <laughs> Get away he from my mom. He just has a very strong and deep bark that like strikes fear into your heart you're like oh, it does it's like an ice pick it's like yeah i'm like oh, i don't want to fuck with him right now okay he is so scary but so cute just give him a kisses <laughs> good lord so what do you what do you bring from your side of the world today oh my god so i actually because i do my research at like 3 a.m because again i don't have a normal sleep schedule anymore i've had to break this up into multiple nights because it scared me oh so my much. <laughs> and i no. didn't actually do any research that required videos to be watched because i knew that they were just going to be spooky and creepy because this story is actually where they get the idea from the blair witch project oh yeah and i'm not a fan of that if any, if no one has seen the Blair Witch Project movies, the old one and the new one, you should check it out. They're super scary. So this is like the exact opposite of the purpose of this podcast. <laughs> but if you want to watch it at like noon on a Sunday with like some eggs and bakey, like you're fine. You'll be safe. It'll feel good. Open a window, let the sun in. Like it'll just be educational. Do not watch it after 8 p.m. <laughs> Those movies, both have- of them are creepy. For, like, surprise, since I hate scary movies, The Blair Witch Project is one of those movies that I have seen, but I have also seen it from, like, under the cover of a blanket and a hand covering my eyes for a majority (laughs) of the video. But I have seen it. Like, it exists. Enough of an intro. I am doing The Bell Witch from my sources because I got this idea from a podcast I already listened to. It's called Let's Get Haunted, the podcast. They're really good. I like them. I recommend them. They kind of got the same vibe as us. They're two girls just kind of chilling. So if you hate us, go listen to them. Give them a try. So they're good. Shout out. So to they, them. they've anyway. got some. They're 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 professionals. They're good. They're professionals. That is the word <laughs> I wanted. Uh, I went to good old Wikipedia. God bless. Yes. Although Wikipedia didn't come through as well as I wanted them to this time. So like, the Bell Witch. Yeah, like, it didn't really give a story. It was just kind of like, here are the facts, like... Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, oh that's kind of boring. Uh, I went to bellwitch.org, which was very helpful. 
and then we went to thesouthernweekend.com. Ooh. So essentially, we are joining the Bell family of Northwest Robertson County, Tennessee, in the 19th century for this story. John, yeah, we're in the South. John and Lucy Bell married in August of 1782, which now that I'm like looking back at it. Oh, never mind. I was going to say, I'm like, that's the 18th century, but the things didn't get spooky until the 19th century. So take that back. But John was 32 and Lucy... Do you want to guess how old Lucy was? Yes, 16. Oh, we wish. Oh my god, I'm calling her effing police. Good old Lucy was 12 years old. Cops, cops, cops. This one right here, officer. Some people believe she might have been 17, but a lot of the That's a huge jump. You're either 12 or you're 17. A lot of the stories I read said she was 12, though, so I'm like, John, mm, God, do better, eh. man. Do I know, fucking better. Not a what the hell? Uh, but they farmed for many years. They were very good farmers, actually, and had several cho- children. Children? Children. 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 <laughs> they had children. <laughs> uh, including Jesse, John Ju- Jr., Drury. Which is now what I will be calling my friend Drew anytime he is in trouble. Drury. 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 <laughs> Benjamin, Esther, Betsy, and Zadok. Zadok. Z A D O K. Zadok. I think so, yeah. Anyway, I also want to point out that Jesse was born in 1790. So, like, if I'm doing my math correctly, which is not always <laughs> given, the youngest Lucy would have been is 20 so i want to give him the benefit of the doubt that like that he waited married really young and waited but also the fact that she probably couldn't bear children Ew, that makes you want to that makes you want to be dead i want to be I dead know. right now i'm sorry the sheer thought is so sickening i want to say it was the times but like uh, times do better it's not good so they settled on about 300 acres of land in 1804, and they built their home, which was a log cabin with six bedrooms and an orchard. So that actually sounds like a pretty big-ass place. Like, they're doing really well. Um, Bell became a pillar of his community and ended up being one of the wealthiest families in the area. So they're doing very well. Uh, during the years of 1817 through 1821, the Bell family and the surrounding families started to experience very strange happenings. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, it it's some weird stuff. It's I had to cut out so many details because there was just so many things that happened to this family. I was like, oh, good God. So at some point in 1817, that is when the hauntings began, when John Bell reportedly saw an apparition of a strange creature in a cornfield, because of course it's a cornfield. It's always the fucking cornfields, man. Why? Why cornfields? <laughs> Stay out of cornfields. Stay away. Ladies and gents. Damn. Um, he described this creature with as having the body of a dog and the face of a rabbit with bright green glowing eyes. What the fuck? <laughs> Do you like that? Do you want one of those? No. I don't think so. Because <laughs> like, of course, I'm also picturing at first like a cute little bunny, but like I I think in the South they mean some sort of like one of those like uh Like a hair? 
Yes, I'm picturing a hair, like one of those long-faced Yeah, like things. skinny. Like, yeah, like can eat you up with its feet. And you're Gaunt. Like, oh. Ugh. Yes, has seen things. <laughs> the freaking rabbit of hell. Like, yeah, fuck? exactly. It's not like Maddie who had his cute little nose and like, mm, I don't think so. No. Anyway, Belle got the feeling of pure evil from this animal and they both just stopped and stared at each other for several minutes without moving. Uh, Belle's once he kind of got his bearings back, first reaction, of course, was to shoot the animal with a shotgun that he had. And apparently Belle was an amazing shot and said that the bullet seemed to curve around the animal and the animal just seemed to vanish without a trace within the cornfield. What the fuck? So we're either going off the basis that John is an amazing shot and he was just like, no, 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 man, it curved or he's full of shit and he missed. <laughs> no, nah, man, that shit curved. I swear to God. <laughs> he's like, oh my God, you'll miss I swear to God, happened. I'm a good shot. I don't miss nothing. <laughs> nothing curved on its own. It curved. <laughs> just kind of ignores this and goes home and just doesn't talk about it. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Like, weird shit happens. A week later, two of his children mentioned seeing an old woman walk into the orchard and then just disappear. Nope. No. Yep. Nope. (laughs) Again, John ignored this and told his children it was probably just a new neighbor that they had seen. And he was just like, it's fine. It's fine. It's casual. Just, Just old ladies wandering on your property. It's fine. The next night, however, John's daughter Betsy told him of a little girl in a green dress swinging from a rope swing in their tree, which... Okay, might be like cool, whatever. Beside the fact that the little girl didn't have a face, what's it <laughs> like? Like just a skin? Yep. Like it? Yeah. Like just a skin? Yep. Flat. There's an ep- there's an episode of Doctor Who that has this exactly in it, actually, where they just don't have faces. That's disturbing. Yes, and so when Betsy went to go show her father where the little girl was, there was no one there, nor was there even a swing in the tree. So I guess the swing was also a ghost. An apparition? (laughs) That is disturbing to me. The night after Betsy's tale, so all this starts happening in, like, rapid fire. John's son, Drury, ran in to tell his father about an absolutely massive bird, and it was hands down the biggest bird he had ever seen. He claimed it could not have been of this land. Like, he was a turkey hunter or something. He was like, there's no way that this kind of bird can exist there. Uh, some people had theories that it might have been something called a thunderbird, which is, I didn't research it as much. That's going to be a very common phrase in my podcast. I didn't research it as I much as I should that. have. <laughs> I did not look that up. That's what. <laughs> from the summer camp I went to, it is a Native American folklore of an absolutely massive bird. I have so. to tell you something really scary. What? About the bird. What? I'm going to tell you something so scary about the bird. (laughs) So, my boyfriend told me a story. He has, I know, he has a camp in the Adirondacks, right? Uh, He said that when he was younger, he was up there one time. And he woke up really early one morning. And everyone else was still asleep. And he got up and looked out the window and he said he saw a bunch of turkeys, which isn't surprising. There's yeah. so many wild turkeys up here. Like They are just one of the most common birds to see up here. Mm-hmm. But he said he remember he he said he'll never forget till the day he dies because mm-hmm. the image is so clear that amongst these giant wild turkeys, there was a huge giant bird 
that he can't even explain as to where it came from, what what it even looked like. He can't. Oh. He, he he tried to find just some sort of resemblance of this bird in like local, like you know, you can go online and be like bird watching in New York. Like what are what are people looking for? Mm-hmm. Couldn't find anything. And he said, and like you know, people like his brother or like his family or even myself. I was like, well, how do you know it was that big? Because it was surrounded by full-grown wild turkeys, and it was easily three to four times the size of a wild turkey. Oh my god. Turkeys are massive. Oh god. They're fucking <gasps> huge. Yeah. Your boyfriend's haunted. Oh god, this that's is bad. <laughs> but that's what it's like. Cursed as fuck. <laughs> oh god. We got pig and now we got these giant birds and you're mentioning Blair birds and I'm scared. <laughs> oh god. Well, anyway, um, I just like, John turned to his son and was like, shut up, it was just an eagle or something. And he actually continued to reprimand his children throughout all of this, telling them that they were lying and bad children and that it was against God to continue to lie. So, Classic. That's the kind, kind of dad a good old John <laughs> is. Um, additionally, Phyllis, a slave, because unfortunately we are in that time period and we are in the South, mentioned to John that she had heard her brother Dean speaking of a large black dog that would follow Dean on the evenings he visited his wife. Because apparently Dean's wife lived on like nearby property. And so every weekend, I think it was, he was able to visit his wife and this dog would follow him until he made it to the property line. And then it would just disappear and it wouldn't go any further. What? So part of me wants to be like, oh, that's wholesome. But the other part of me is like, yeah. That sounds like like the Grimm or some weird yeah, shit that's that you're that big like, black oh. dog. Like, that's just no. I just think I want it to be like, oh, it's a cute dog following and making sure he's safe. But like, hmm, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure. <laughs> yeah. Belle went home after this incident and really, again, was just like, he didn't think about anything of it. He was just like, whatever. Until after dinner, when that evening, the Bells began hearing beating sounds on the outside walls of their log cabin. John was convinced that the knocking were just townspeople playing jokes. And so he and his eldest son kept running outside to try and figure out who it was every time they heard the knocking and no one would be there every time. Each night, the sounds continued and increased with force and frequency until it turned into booming sounds so loud that it made it impossible for the family to sleep. What the fuck? Good times. That's so scary. I know. Oh, God. Soon after all these sounds started in the house, the children started complaining of their pillows being tossed to the floors and their blankets being ripped from them by something they could not see. When the children tried to hold on to their blankets... Sometimes the kids would be slapped across the face by this invisible force until they let go. What the hell? <laughs> like the poor I'm kids. out. I, this, I mentioned this last time. Why? <laughs> Why stay? And I'm. If I, I just I, that, I have no words. Like why? Why? Pride. They built this from the ground up, and they're like, "Nah, it's our house." Um, Shit. Yeah, so the harder the kids tried to resist, the more aggressing the being would get. And the Bells would continually search the house for a hopefully solid culprit, thinking like, okay, someone's got to be in here. But whenever they entered one room following the knocking, the sounds would then start in another, like the opposite end of the house. So the family would not be able to sleep until like after 3 a.m. So this family is just exhausted. And then they would still have to get up in the morning at probably like 4 or 5 a.m. because they were farmers and they yeah. had to go do their thing and I don't, do crazy amounts of work. 
But for over a year, the family kept these secrets or the, the events secret under John's orders and would not discuss the events with each other, though they were terrified because they were God-fearing Christian people and they didn't want the surrounding neighbors to think like, oh, something's going on with these people. Like, let's not talk to them. So they just didn't say anything. What the hell? Although at this point, John Bell did concede that there is probably something paranormal happening. Oh, once you concede, it's when it gets so much worse. Oh, oh. Once the once the non-believer believes, it's oh god, it's game Let over. Let me tell you about no. Betsy. Oh god. So one day after all of these events, Lucy, who is the wife, in case you forgot, and John rushed to their daughter's room, Betsy, after hearing her shriek and call out in pain. The youngest daughter, Eleven, unfortunately seemed to be getting the brunt of all the physical attacks. When her parents rushed into the room, they attempted to calm her, and her mom crawled into bed with her to soothe her as Betsy continued to sob. Lucy and John tucked Becky... Becky? Nope. Her name's not Becky. Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> it's Betsy. <laughs> we got uh, a Becky. <laughs> we got a Becky up in this bitch. <laughs> no, Betsy back into bed and leave, only to have Betsy scream again. The parents rush back into her room to find Betsy clutching her ears with blood coming out of them. She asked her parents, didn't you hear that? And they were like, we heard nothing. What did you hear? And she said that was the loudest scream she had ever heard. Lucy Bell spent the night with Betsy after this. And when they awoke, Betsy was covered in welts and handprints. That is so sad, little baby. She is 11. And even with her mom in there, she still woke up like that? Yeah. Betsy also would continue to experience pinches, scratches, and was stuck with needles repeatedly. That fucking sucks, dude. Mm-hmm. There is some theory, because later on, it's not too much of a spoiler, because I'm going to tell you later, that the spirit kind of starts talking a bit, and apparently Betsy becomes engaged to a Joshua Gardner, and the spirit is very vocal about not liking this dude. So, like, does the spirit like her? We don't know, but eventually they do. She calls off the engagement. I assume this is past when she was 11. I hope. I don't know. Probably not, though, because her mother. Who the hell knows? 12. (laughs) So she does call off the engagement, and the abuse tends to stop surrounding Betsy. So weird. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, I'm not quite sure on the time frame here. It's all within like four years, but time goes on, and some of his kids go to a nearby cave area i guess that's where they keep some stuff to keep it cool because like there's no refrigerators and stuff and as they're messing around there one of the kids looks to a tree and they see a young woman in a green dress hanging in the tree it's in like i believe by the neck i believe she's been hanging fucking no and though she does not seem to be moving or alive, she still has actively tears dripping down. Her face. <gasps> Ew! That mm-hmm. is so. That is so terrifying. Yep. The children were so horrified that they just kind of froze and stayed in place, staring at this woman. Eventually, they did break free from whatever was like holding them there, and they ran home. And when they turned one last time to look, the body was gone. There was just nothing in the tree. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. That do be spooky, though. Mm-hmm. So I had mentioned earlier that this being had kind of been, like, whispering. You could kind of hear things. They weren't quite sure what she was saying. But it was only happening in the house. And it wasn't too loud. Until now. 
Oh, the no. whispers that were heard around the house started to grow in volume and in space. You could now hear them anywhere on the property. Like, if she wanted to talk to you, you got this witch whispering in your ear, and you're just like, I'm just I'm just on the field, like, please leave I'm me alone. I'm just doing my best. Yeah, I just, I don't need this right now, ma'am. Shit. The family did eventually turn to their friend James Johnston and his wife for help. And Johnson and his wife did agree to spend the night with the family to see, like, okay, what's going on? We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Johnston experienced the same issues that the Bells had been experiencing for months and explained that it was a spirit just like in the Bible. After having his blankets ripped away and repeatedly being slapped multiple times, Johnson exclaimed, In the name of the Lord, who are you and what do you want? There was no reply to Johnston's plea, but things did apparently quiet down just a little bit after that. But after that time progressed, the whispering and the like, kind of, she'd be kind of humming and things, it grew into an unmistakable voice. What the hell? Yes, it was a woman speaking. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I like goosebumps a little bit. That's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> that do be scary. It, it would sing, and it once quoted scripture that quoted word for word two sermons that were happening at the same time 13 miles apart that makes me so uncomfortable but she's got a wide berth of like power and there's something super unsettling about whispering like freaking scripture or sermons Mm -hmm. there's just something super messed up about that Mm -hmm. like that is just so fucked to me (laughs) no thank you everyone says like oh demons can't say the word of god or something and here she is like let me tell you the scripture that's happening 30 miles down the <laughs> let road. me tell like, you a story let me tell you all about it <laughs> fuck all y'all <laughs> shit when asked who the spirit was she responded with i am a spirit i was once very happy but have been disturbed at some point the entity claims to be a witch by the name of kate bats and is here to kill john bell which she says many times oh god Gosh, and he's just chilling there like how yeah how much of a sign do you need to leave other than a dead person proclaiming that their one goal to rest is to end your life <laughs> i just i just these people yes <laughs> he's like fuck you uh the spirit <laughs> offered multiple explanations as to why it appeared with its original reading being the disturbance of a native american burial mound that was on the property jesus <laughs> people do better uh, what do you expect uh but the spirit tended to be kind of messing with people because for fun i like assume she sent drury bell and his friend bennett porter on this extreme chase for buried treasure she was like here's the location here's where you gotta dig you gotta d- dig real deep like just keep going keep going and finally they kind of came back they're like we found nothing and she just laughed it's like <laughs> What they the spent hell? all day looking, and she would just laugh. Very, like, sprite-like or imp-like. Yes, yes. There was also this story where she claimed that it was, like, one of the children or something found a jawbone. I don't even have this written down. I should have. But they found a jawbone, and they kind of was just like, oh, get rid of this kind of thing. And apparently a tooth got knocked loose. <gasps> and she told them, that was my jawbone. That was my tooth. It is now under the floorboards of your house. That's why I can't leave. And so they ripped up the floorboards and found nothing. And again, she just kind of laughed at them. And she's like, ha, you guys believed me. I lied. It's like, That's what? so screwy, dude. This is some right. serious, like, when they say, 
like don't listen to like fairies in the woods like that's that's mm-hmm. not just the vibes i'm getting like that's yeah, so creepy she's just fucking with them for years well word started traveling about the house and people took a keen interest into what was happening and word even traveled to nashville where the then major general andrew jackson was very interested in the story john's sons john Jr. John Jr., Drury, and Jesse all fought under Andrew Jackson. And in 1819, Jackson decided to pay the Bells a visit to see what all the stories were about. Wow. He's like, okay, I'm just going to come on by. As Jackson and his entourage approached the property, his wagon stopped and would go... No- I can't talk right now. That's all right. It would go no further. <laughs> it would go no further. Thank you. The horses, <laughs> the horses physically could not go any further. Jackson tried for many times to try and encourage the horses and proclaimed, by the eternal boys, that must be, must be the Bell Witch. I'm not going to try and do a southern accent. It's, it's not going to happen. It's not. Damn. I'm sorry. Not, <laughs> Give yeah. it a good old college try. <laughs> oh, oh by the eternal boys, that must be the Bell Witch. <laughs> that was like an old that grandma. That was Why beautiful. <laughs> that was amazing. All Phenomenal. from southern Utah states are writing it right now. They're like, blog. Blog, 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 blog. Fuck you. Well, immediately after this, a female voice was heard saying that they may pass and she would see them again this evening. Nope. Done. The, ca- around. the carriage was then able to pass. So Jackson and his men spent the evening discussing pleasantries and such until one of Jackson's men pulled out a pistol with a sil- silver bullet. He proclaimed himself to be a witch tamer and that his silver bullet would kill any evil spirit. This witch is like, ha ha ha, come at me, bro. Let's go. (laughs) He continued to taunt the spirit and said nothing had happened that evening because the entity was clearly scared of his silver bullet. No, God, I'm scared. Well, immediately after this big dick energy, the man started screaming and having convulsions. And this is... A quote, I quote, a strong, swift kick to the man's posterior region from an invisible foot sent him out the front door. He literally got his ass kicked out the front door. Holy shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, now- she was not messing around. She's like, get oh, the hell out of here. No. Now pissed off, the entity had said there was yet another fraud in Jackson's midst, and they would be identified and tormented the next evening. Jackson's men begged to leave the Bell Farm after this, but Jackson wanted to stay to hear who the other fraud was. He's and he's like, like, oh, well, this is a good time. Yeah, I like, want to hear this. Yeah, he's like, I want to hear this tea. What's going on? All the men slept outside in their tents, but did continue to ask Jackson to leave. It's not clear what happened after, but Jackson and his men were spotted in Springfield early the next morning en route to Nashville. So I guess they did end up leaving and not staying to the following night. So something must have happened or like... Something happened. God, what the fuck? That's so scary. Yeah. News of this story continued to travel all throughout. John Johnston, a son of James, the friend from earlier, uh, decided to test the witch, asking her something no one outside of this family could ever know. He asked the witch what his Dutch step-grandmother in North Carolina would say to a slave if they did something wrong. In his grandmother's accent, which I couldn't even tell you what a Dutch accent is right now. I, I actually had a roommate who was Dutch, but I'm just... No, we're not doing that. <laughs> Just no. It, the witch responded with, hut tut, what has happened now? John Johnston wasn't the only man to try and test this witch. An Englishman visited the house and offered to investigate. The witch 
started to mimic his English parents and later woke him early in the morning to the voices of his own parents, worrying and saying that they heard his own voice as well. So, like... What? Yeah. The Englishman hurriedly left and sent a letter later, apologizing for his skepticism and hasty retreat. That but, is... I got goosebumps, actually. That really <laughs> so kind of goofed me she, out. like, projected his voice to his parents and then... Vice versa. The parents, yeah, sent the parents back being like, we can hear you, kind of thing. But also, what? apparently the witch wasn't horrible to everyone. The witch was described as being kind to Lucy, John Bell's wife, who described her as the most perfect woman to walk the earth. And the witch would constantly give Lucy fresh fruit or sing to her. Which, like, what? What? Again, that does give me huge fairy nono vibes. Right? Like, because like, don't they, isn't it like witch rules? Like, you're not supposed to accept gifts from things that randomly show up because don't they become like infatuated with you? I think it's something like or, that, or also it's like they, they you want to now like owe them a favor because it's yeah. like you accepted my gift, therefore, where's yeah, my but they gift? always ask for something more extreme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, so witch- creepy. Also would apparently show John Bell Jr. some amount of respect. So, like, he w- she was okay with some of them and then horrible to others. But uh, going back to the main focus of the witch, she referred to John Bell Sr. as Old Jack and, again, stated that she intended to kill him. Uh, throughout this time, Bell continued to have difficulty swallowing and having facial twitches for almost a year, which grew worse over time. He would also continue to have seizures during this time. Holy crap. I... Yeah, by 1820, Bell had been confined to the house due to his failing health, where the spirit continued to remove his shoes when he tried to walk and slapping his face whenever he experienced seizures. What? Talk about beating a man while he's down, my God. Right? She was like, fuck you. Um, The witch's voice could be reportedly heard all over the farm, cursing old Jack Bell. On the Monday of... On the Monday? Nope, on the morning of December 20th, 1820, the witch got her wish. After falling into a coma the day before, John Bell Sr. had died. Following his death, his family found a vial of liquid in the cupboard, and John Bell Jr., being the dick that he is, fed it to the cat who promptly died. Which I'm very mad about that. Yeah, what the hell? Why? Is cat from 1820, and I'm still bitter that they poisoned him. That cat deserved a better life. Fuck you. (laughs) That is terrible. Right? Well, the witch exclaimed after this, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. So, oh. Oh, my God. John ja- John Jr. threw the vial into the fireplace where it burst into a bright blue flame. And fun fact, I kind of Googled what would create a bright blue flame. And the top answers were copper, lead, or arsenic all burn with a blue flame. And all of them were... Well, maybe not lead, because that was like more like lead paint, but arsenic, you could, arsenic you could, will yeah. kill you immediately. Yeah, and you could get that all at that time, in that oh, time yeah, period. Like, I think it was like rat poison or something was yeah. arsenic. They were just like, yeah, just put this all over your home. Like, it'll be fine. That's insane. Yes. John Bell's funeral was one of the largest ever held in Robertson County, Tennessee. As his family left the graveyard and John one last time, the witch started loudly laughing and singing drinking songs about brandy. What? Singing- she's kind of a baddie. I don't want to like. <laughs> she's kind of 
she's kind of got some BDE. You know, she's kind of a bad bitch. She's, right. yeah, kind of a baddie. I like it. <laughs> Her singing did not stop until the last person left the graveyard. And following the death of John Bell, the witch was hardly seen again. In April of 1821, the witch did visit Lucy Bell to tell her that she would return in seven years. In 1828, as promised, the witch did return, with a lot of her focus on John Bell Jr. this time. Rest in peace, bud. God, that sucks. Apparently, the two of them discussed things such as the need for mass spiritual awakening, civilizations, the origin of life, and apparently the witch gave him some very accurate predictions of the Civil War and other future events. So I got goosebumps again! That's they so were scary! Chilling. They were just chatting. After three weeks, the witch bade her goodbyes and promised to visit John Bell's most direct descendant in 107 years. In 1935, this would end up being Nashville doctor Dr. Charles Bailey Bell, who himself wrote a book about the Bell Witch, which was published in 1934. Unfortunately, the doctor did die in 1935, and no one really knows if he was visited by our good old uh, witchy woo. That is the story, the very, very shortened story of the Bell Witch, because the amount of things she did to this family, I could not. That was already five pages of notes, and I'm so sorry I had to t- like cut it down. If you want to know more about her, there are tons of resources. There are tons of videos that probably do it way spookier than I did. So I'm going to say this because I thought about it when we stopped the recording on Friday. Just as like public service announcement, the information, like all the information I have about what the topic will be today, which is skinwalkers, it's taboo in the Navajo culture. And a lot of Navajo people will not speak about it to non-Navajo like people. They won't talk about it because it's such a taboo topic. And I guess even speaking about skinwalkers like draws them to you. So that's why they don't like talking about it. But I know it's such a hot topic in cryptid and, f- and lore. Like Reddit is full of stuff all about skinwalkers and like people seeing them for the people like seeing them in at midnight or two o'clock in the morning in a barren road on a cornfield, which is always how that shit happens. Uh. It's always like it's always like I'm on my iPhone with my boyfriend jeremy and we are just like on this barren road at 2 a.m and there's a creepy dog standing in the middle of the road like do we go near it let's slow down and drive closer and roll the windows down like what like why i mean to be <laughs> fair if it was too that is something i would do if it was a dog like hands down i'd be like oh god it's a lost puppy like i need to go investigate i would 100 percent be that girl if it's any other animal i'd be like nah man you're on your own. No, did do like, not drive with Julia at two in the morning. <laughs> do not drive with Julia at two in the morning in a barren road at, on a cornfield because anything that's dog shaped in the middle of the road, she will stop for. Okay, okay. Red flag. Girl who has night blindness and didn't tell me. We wouldn't even get to that point because I wouldn't be. Able... We wouldn't be able to find a dog because I wouldn't be able to fucking see it. Out of all of our friends, we are all chaotic drivers. I'm the very passive driver, which is still dangerous as a driver. Like, you're not supposed to be passive. Emmy can't see at night. And then Sophia once just almost got us killed because she just didn't see the red light. She was just like, were you with the <laughs> car? 
Uh, depends. There's been numerous times where we I've were... been in the car with Soph and thought I was going to die. <laughs> we were on. Uh... We were coming onto Erie Boulevard, which is a four-lane road. Yep. In our hometown, and so we were trying to turn onto it, and she's approaching this red light. And to be fair, it was at night, so there wasn't a lot of traffic. But she's not slowing down, so I kind of start saying, I'm like, "Hey, so <laughs> alert, red alert. light." So red light and finally i was like sophia the light is red and she like slams on the brakes and she's just like i didn't see the light i was like what the fuck and like (laughs) i don't want anyone to come for us like no one drinks and drives no one smokes and drives this was just like i think soap was in a whole other mental planet at the time we didn't register the red light (laughs) 100 percent. and i don't care who's listening to this everyone has had a moment when you are driving and you just are somewhere else, or you have a chaotic moment. It's okay to have a chaotic <laughs> moment. These things are out of your control. Like, mm-hmm. you're not a perfect person. It happens a lot to some of us more than others. And that's our entire friend group. It's just like, we are doing our best. Yeah. Like, we're, we're all legal drivers. We got our licenses. So some older, more accomplished adult was like, we trust these people. So don't come at us for our poor <laughs> driving. <laughs> someone else gave us the clearance (laughs) someone said this was okay granted the person who gave me my license was like i probably shouldn't do this but since this is your second time taking it i feel bad yeah when i took because they always do the whole like left hand turn at an intersection so you know like who has the right of way when i was the first time when i failed i get up to the light and there's a car in front of me that's also stopped, but they're also taking a left. So it's like we can both go at the same time. Like, that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. So I went to go, but the truck behind the other car was like, I'm not fucking waiting for this bitch no more. And then swerves around them. And it's not just like a truck. It's like a big old boy. It's like we're talking like an 18-wheeler. Right as I'm crossing the intersection, and my car person is like, we're going to fucking die. And he grabs the thing, and he's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And I had to burst the speed through the intersection after making the left turn. He was like, like, that's it, you're done, you failed. But, like, it wasn't, like, (laughs) my fault, really, because I was already making the turn. When the truck was like, I'm going to be a a bad bitch. And I was like, why? Why today? Why today do you have to be that guy? My first and only time so far, knock on wood, that I've ever been pulled over by a cop is I was at an intersection and I was turning left. And again, we're from the U.S., so U.K. people don't come for me. Um, But when, like, for that light, I've been at that light many times. This was at my college. Like, I'd seen the light, how it works. And it has a system where, like, well, one of the laws is if you're in the intersection and the light is turning yellow than red, you have to get out of it. You turn left. And if you turn left, yeah. off of that brief red light, it's okay. Cause you're getting out of the intersection. But I didn't, this one time, this has never happened before. The oncoming traffic did not get a red light. And I didn't know this. And mind you, I just, like I've been at the intersection before and it has stopped at the same time as the other lane. And this time it just didn't. And I've never seen it do that before. So I essentially crossed two lanes of oncoming traffic and almost got hit. What in the world? Yes, sure. Sorry. A cop was in the lane behind me. So he just watched me like all of a sudden swerve in front of these people. And he was like, what the fuck? So he pulls me over and it was parents visitation weekend. 
And so I was literally pulling into the parking lot of my mom's hotel. So I'm pulled over in the parking lot of my mom's hotel. First time pulled over by a cop. I'm like texting my mom, just being like, hey, mom, I'm here, but I I got pulled over. And she's just like, stay there. I'm coming out. And my mom's a lawyer. So she like went full on the road. I don't know what she's doing. By the time the cop comes up to me, I think I was 18 or 19. Uh, I was trying to be, I was like, okay, I'm going to sit here. It's going to be okay. I'm an adult, no crying. And he walks up to me. He just goes, do you know you almost died there? And I was like, right there. He just starts sobbing because I was so like <laughs> freaked out. And he just says this to me. And I'm sobbing. And he just turns to me and goes, when's the last time you had something to drink, ma'am? And I turned to him and I said, I had some water this morning. <laughs> Like, are you dehydrated? He's like, he's honestly thinking, he's like, this girl's like, freaking two shots to the wind, like, done. It was like done. 10 a.m. too. And he asked me that. And I just didn't get it. And so he kind of was just like, where are you from? And I was like, I'm from Syracuse. And he's like, oh, that's my hometown. And like, we started chatting. He's like, honestly, I know what you were trying to do because I know what happens at that intersection. There is no sign that says oncoming traffic doesn't stop. And it doesn't always do that. So long story short, he left me off with like a verbal warning and by the time he <laughs> left my mom was like running over to my car but he was already gone so yeah I almost died trying to cross traffic she's like three strides from the hotel room she's at the she car she really was she was just like my brain square up <laughs> but yeah so my the baby's no. all of these 10 minute stories is don't drive with any of us <laughs> don't drive with any of us and Julia will 100% stop for a skinwalker yeah, in the middle of the road if it looks like a dog. <laughs> that's where this all started. Back to the uh, focus of the episode. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my god, amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so I am s- not coming, obviously, from a place of disrespect. I 100% respect all cultures, especially when popular stories like this which you see all over the internet and like people are super interested about it are very sensitive to specific groups of people so you know i'm just coming from a place of storytelling and i don't know yeah no education i am doing my best yeah something interesting yeah like it's a place of interest we want to we want to be respectful about it therefore we understand exactly there is as two young white women, we don't have the knowledge to, uh, I don't know. How yeah, this, yeah, 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 girl, I got you, girl, I got you, girl, I understand yeah. you. Yeah, like, we are not trying to be from. disrespectful, we just want to know more about what's happening Exactly, here. exactly, and if you know a lot more than what I'm about to say, by all means, do share or leave a comment or whatever your little heart desires. Honestly, please do. Yeah, so from the very start a skinwalker just a brief like what i know before going into all the stuff i researched is basically a witch that had participated in a very taboo act which in this case is murdering a close family member in order to obtain the ability to shapeshift into animals um and in this case, what they said is the most common, like, evil deed, which I pulled this from legendsofamerica.com. It is killing of a close family member that is most often a sibling. Because I'm I'm assuming it's because it's, like, 
that's the person you're the most closest to when it comes to blood relation, mm. I guess, yeah. potentially, because you both come from the same two people sometimes, <laughs> not all the time. But um, so basically you have to kill somebody and then you gain this ability to shapeshift into, I guess the most popular ones are like coyotes, wolves, foxes, cougars, dogs, and bears. And what's really creepy is that you can tell the difference between a normal animal and a skinwalker based on their eyeballs. So when you're a skinwalker as a dog, your eyes aren't dog eyes. They're human eyes. So I don't know if anyone's ever seen like a taxidermy animal, but how glossy and like weird they look. Like they don't look right because you can never get eyes right. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes they can get a little, a little weird, a little strange, a little, a little Mm human-esque. There's also a Criminal Minds episode about a taxidermist who kills people and then puts human eyes in his, (gasps) in his animals. I remember that. I'm currently seen that Criminal Minds. I'm showing it to Laura for the first time. (laughs) Spencer Reed. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Get heated up. <laughs> I love. <laughs> He's the best. Oh my god. But regardless, yes. So there's an episode where a killer he takes the victims of his their eyes and puts them into animals, and then like sells the animals oh. to like whoever orders them. Mm. So it's kind of like that. It, like something clearly is off about these animals, um, and it's because. They're not actually animals. They're people who wear, I guess, like, there's another part. I don't know if this is 100% true, but apparently they have to wear the pelts or the skin of the animal they turn into. So, like, you would see a lot of folklore art is, like, they're wearing skulls or, like, draped in these, like, really long pelts of, like, bears or coyotes or whatever. And that's, like, what allows them to, like, complete the transformation. Um, but, yeah, so that's just kind of, like, a brief overview um, of what the basic, like, idea of a skinwalker is. If you could transform into any animal, would you kill your brother to do it? Oh, God. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I'm thinking about it. Oh, shit. Eric and I fight a lot. I was going to say, <laughs> you and Eric are not always on the same page. We, we are fighting more times than not. Um, <laughs> this is where it gets like, yeah, I was like shit, offensive. Yeah, I was really thinking about it. Oh, God. No, I wouldn't. Unless it was like I could turn into like, a unicorn or a dragon or something <laughs> extreme. There you go, Eric. You're saying turning, less turning into, turn into a dragon. <laughs> Turning into a dog is not going to cut it. Yeah. It's just not. I'll give him that. I'll give him that uh, much. You're but... not worth turning into a dog over. <laughs> no. I could just buy a dog and then just like have a dog as a pet and then still be a human. So that's fine. And I don't know what dog rights are like, so I'm not ready to jump into that social construct anytime soon. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's already difficult being a person. Um, True. Also... Skinwalkers can not only turn into animals, and I mentioned this before we had to like restart because this is part two of <laughs> fil- of recording this. But skinwalkers can, if they lock eyes on a person, they can control <gasps> their bodies and make them do and say things that they normally wouldn't. So that's also still reading up on this on like 
um, Wikipedia, Legends of America, and then just, like, a few, like, excerpts from some books about it. Mm. Like, that, I did not know that. Mm. I did not know that. And, like, if, if anyone goes on Reddit and, like, actively uses TikTok, <laughs> there's a lot of people who say they've encountered skinwalkers yeah. and felt something weird, like, in the back of their minds. Like, oh. this isn't right. And I feel like more times than not, they're, like, weird, reddish, lanky dogs. Like, they're like, I don't don't know if it's just me, but they almost, not like bloodhounds. I'm trying to think of what. (sighs) Coonhound. Yes, kind of, yeah. Kind of like that look to it, which is like super weird that every single, like, I've encountered a skinwalker video has been that kind of animal, that kind of dog. So that's kind of upsetting to me. Don't get a coonhound. (laughs) Don't, because they're skinwalkers, 100%. (laughs) Um,. Now, when it comes to stories about skinwalkers, I, again, couldn't find an exact... I think it's because the Navajo nation doesn't like speaking about the taboo of, of being a skinwalker. But there is a very interesting documentary on YouTube, which I wouldn't say it's a documentary. I guess it's kind of retelling the story of a place called Skinwalker Ranch. <gasps> I've heard. Have you of seen that? it? I haven't seen it. It is YouTube, but I definitely so to a podcast. Uh, last podcast on the left. Is, yeah, yes. they did a whole series on it, and oh my god, <sighs> it is so spooky. It's not just about skinwalkers. The entire area of Skinwalker Ranch, which is now, I believe, like a landmark. No one's living on it. No one's allowed to touch it. It's I think it's uninhabited right now because of all the creepy shit. That went down on Skinwalker Ranch. So, um, this is, I think, the best story to kind of give like a, like a creepy little vibe as to like what a Skinwalker is. So, the Skinwalker Ranch is a cattle ranch, and it is 512 acres. Um, and it was originally purchased, bef- you know, I mean, all this creepy stuff that I'm about to tell you guys about it has always been happening but it was only documented when terry sherman and his family of four moved onto the ranch um the older couple that they bought it from they left a ton of rules about it like they weren't allowed to like dig into the land they weren't allowed to change anything about the land like yeah it was like super like very superstitious weird shit of like don't mess with stuff have your cows let your cows do the thing and then like what Live your life. Again, where are we? Oh god, that's a good question. Let me look that up for you. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I did Sorry. not, I did not look that up. I did not look. My that bet up. is I because I did listen to the podcast, but I can't remember. But like Midwest is my. It is Midwest. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess. Ohio. I was gonna say Ohio. Okay, let's see. Oh wait, Skin... Ohio's not. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going. Wait, about. wait, what's <laughs> cut oh, that out? Not Ohio. I know. Not Ohio. <laughs> it's Utah. There we go. That's what I actually Utah. meant to say was oh. Utah, not Ohio. But they're sure. so close. <laughs> they're so close. I got them mixed up. Okay, so Terry Sherman moves to Utah with his family and all his little cow babies and they go onto this 512 acre property and literally the minute they get there something weird shit it's just weird like the minute they're they're literally moving stuff off the truck to move in and it's already it's already wrong so at this point he had preemptively brought some of his cattle to the ranch a few calves and um 
I think like one bull and then a few of those regular cows. I think other just cows. Those regular I, cows. Those the ones that cows. <laughs> the ones that aren't bulls or babies. Those ones. So they're moving things into the house when all of a sudden a large wolf like approaches his family. But it's it's three times the size of a normal wolf, so it's huge. Mm. He, I was gonna say, do you know what size a wolf is? Let alone they're they're huge. So like, Terry, pitch, what as as a listener, who whatever you're picturing of a wolf, just like double the size. Yeah, they're huge. <laughs> they're big. They're not. They're they're huge. And Terry describes it as his father was also there, um, helping them unload everything. And Terry's father is well over six feet tall. And compared to the wolf, the wolf was at his shoulder on all fours. Like, it was, like, the, the wolf was almost taller than his well over six foot tall father. So, so a good boy. <laughs> a, a, a good boy. <laughs> a good boy that I want to pet. <laughs> I would not also, say he's a bad boy. I want to stay on his good I, side. I like I'm really liking how you say wolf, by the way. Wolf? <laughs> wolf? You're like, you're wolf. saying like wolf. <laughs> woof, 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 woof. Yeah, you're like a wolf. The L is and too like, a sneaky. A wolf did this? A wolf? A wolf? <laughs> the wolf goes wolf. Oh, Damn it. It's adorable. Oh. Thank you. The L's just so sneaky, <laughs> sitting there next to the F. I can't get it quite right. <laughs> so this wolf <laughs> is nonchalant, dare I say friendly? And it actually approached the family and was kind of like watching them like, hey guys, like what we got in here? Like boy. we moving in. Yes, appears to be a good boy. I would mm. say the wolf is intelligent. He's smart. He's like, I know what's smart going boy. on here. Um, so the whole family is kind of like watching. Uh, Terry's father walks up and is actually petting the wolf, like super. Yeah. Like they're they're like, wow, this is crazy. This must be someone's pet. I don't know why That's that would go through your mind. Like <laughs> facts, right? So Terry's like, <laughs> it must be one of our neighbors that you know has just an animal that roams around here. Which again, I've mentioned this in our last podcast. People are so willing to 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 think things are okay this is a giant fucking wolf and it's someone's pet where would you get one terry like i just need answers like what i'm on his side like if this massive dog was letting me pet him i'd say yes like okay let him stay and so he's mine now yeah he's our baby now um, and so they're watching this wolf, and Terry realizes that the creature is eyeing his his cows. He's like, mm, "You brought oh. you brought lunch. Thank you. Oh, that looks delectable." And does he not partake in a delicious meal? So one of the calves is very intrigued by what's going on here. So it sticks its little head out between the bars of its little grazing pen that's like next to the house, <gasps> and is kind oh. of like l- looking around, trying trying to see. And the wolf, literally, in two or three strides, is no. already at the fence with its jaws clasped around the entirety oh. of the calf's throat. Oh. Like, full-on oh. grip. 
So oh. Terry freaks out, orders his son to go inside and grab his axe. He takes the axe from his son and he goes and he starts whacking at the wolf because he's trying to save his cat. You know, he's going, he's going, he's going. But nothing happens. There's no blood. There's, mm. there's, there's nothing happening. The wolf still holds on. So he goes back to his son. He tells his son to go and grab his magnum. The son comes back out with a magnum, which I don't know if anyone's like educated in the way of guns, but a magnum shoots, especially at point blank, pretty, pretty aggressively. This isn't like, you know, oh, it grazed me and it just flew off. Like it hits and it like, it goes in deep and it, it... Mm-hmm. he shoots the wolf a few times in the side. The wolf does not let go. It is oh. still like... There's no and there's no blood. Nothing is like happening. The, the fur is not matted in any by any means. And so finally, he goes back to his son. He's like, "Go grab my rifle! Like, go grab my fucking rifle because this is clearly not working out. Like, what the fuck I is like going how on?" This wolf is still just standing here with the calf's head in his yeah. mouth. It's just like yeah, waiting this- for them to keep getting new guns. He's like. I just want to see how far this is going to go. This calf is like, this is the worst day of my life. Worst day of my life. So the son comes back out with this rifle. And finally, at this point, the wolf lets go. And kind of backs up a little and is like, all right. Like, I see I upset somebody here. (laughs) Clearly, I did something wrong. Did not know this wasn't an open buffet. Terry still (laughs) opens fire at the wolf. But all it does is take. It's just it, it goes a few yards back. There's no blood. There's no nothing. There's the, it doesn't even make a sound after being shot at by oh. both a magnum, a rifle, and then axed. The wolf never oh. n- never makes a sound. Terry fires again with the rifle. He sees something chip off the wolf, like a chunk oh. of like a chunk of fur and meat flies off of it, oh. and then. Oh. It turns and goes back into the tree line. It doesn't run. It just walks back into the tree line. And Terry's like, I don't think so, bud. You're going to come here <laughs> to my fine establishment and you're going to do this to me. No, let's go, Answer boy. Answer for so- your crimes. <laughs> Answer for your crimes. So he gets his son. They load up. I don't know. They go on a tracking mission and they follow this wolf. Because their their intention is to kill it at this point. Because they're like, okay, well, obviously... We don't have a good boy who wants to eat calves. So we need to figure out where this guy's still, still a good boy, but a <laughs> scary boy. So scary they boy. they track the wolf to a river, but the tracks just stop. And they don't stop exactly at the river. They stop about like a yard or two away from the river, but the tracks just stop. And it's gone. Like it's just uh, gone. Like there's just it's just not there anymore. And so Terry's goodbye. like Terry's like, precarious situation we have ourselves here. And the son's like, oh my god, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and he's like, we must return to our homestead. <laughs> so they track, homestead. they track back. And Terry goes and grabs that chunk of meat that had flown off the wolf. And when he approaches it, he notices a disgusting smell. And it's, he sees that the meat is like slimy. As if, it had, as if it had been rotting all day in the sun. And not just like in like in the last thirty minutes, just cut off an animal's body. Yeah. So they're like, yeah. "That's weird." And that was their first kind of odd, you know. So they chip off a piece of corpse flesh. 
and they're like, what? okay, they're like, we're gonna stay here. We're still gonna stay. You know, odds are the wolf won't come back, despite how fucking weird that was. So we're gonna uh, stay. Uh, so they remain. That's a big assumption. Facts, right? So, <laughs> at that point, over the next eighteen months, there are mysterious crop circles showing up, UFOs, and repeated mutilation uh. of their cattle. But to the point of it being surgical and again absolutely bloodless so something on the ranch on skinwalker ranch has the capability to remove all blood and meat from his cattle but to surgical precision so at at, at this point it's getting public now people are starting to become aware of skinwalker ranch and everything going on i fucking bet yeah so ufo enthusiast robert bigelow he (laughs) decides to buy the property and he's like i'm gonna figure out what's going on he's like i want to know what's happening here because this is pretty crazy because every ufo enthusiast has absolutely very non-concrete evidence of what they love <laughs> what they're passionate about and that's you know, no except for the government like, except for the government just released something where like the navy where they're like here's all the ufos we've ever seen and it was just like what wait yeah but i mean like no one's ever like gotten a grasp of one except for the government but we know the government they're not ufo enthusiasts they're ufo sneaky <laughs> snakes hiding all the secrets <laughs> in their little government castle Frick you, Area 51. Free them. <laughs> Free them from their prison. Oh, God. Oh, my God. So, Robert is like, I'm gonna do amazing things here today. I'm gonna find what I need to find oh on this ranch. So, he brings a whole team, brings a whole group of his of his boys, and he's like, we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do this right. So, one night, they set up a bunch of like lookout towers around the property because they want to be able to have access to numerous different parts on camera. And they've already experienced strange lights, their cattle being herded into pens that were locked up and gated and like had never been opened and just a bunch of weird stuff. So they're like, okay, like obviously something weird's happening and it's just not right. So one night, they're looking out over the lovely property at, like, midnight or something. Because nothing good happens after 11. That is both and with scary stories. Nothing good happens after 11. It very... no, nothing good happens after 2? That's also that's fact. Song, I think. That's also fact. I think that's Things... Nothing good happens after 11 p.m. And things only get worse after 2 a.m. That's just how it is. It never gets better until you go to sleep (laughs) and wake up and reset the entire day. (laughs) Nothing good happens until reset. Um, So they're sitting outside. Um, Robert and one of his team members, I believe Keller is how you pronounce his teammate's last name. And they're looking out and they notice lights being reflected back at them. As they're kind of, like, shining their lookout beam or whatever. But it's these two eyes way off in the distance, um, about 50 yards. And it's 20 feet off the ground in a tree. Stop it. And so (laughs) Robert's like, "Mm, was that? And Keller's like, "Mm, 
I was about to ask you the same question. And <laughs> Keller describes it as a large humanoid creature spying on the rese- research team from a tree. So oh. it was sitting there and it oh. was dead eye, like dead eye lock on watching them. So after being there for, they, they've been there for three months. They're like, we're not taking any chances. Like you're not even supposed to be on the property. It's literally like trespass. Like at this point, it's like shoot on trespass. Like, like there, there's like, no, everyone knows you're not supposed to be on the property. So they take shots at the humanoid creature and it falls from its 20 foot perch. And it was described as, let's see. So after it fell, Keller says it lay motionless, casually. The only indication of the beast's presence was the penetrating yellow light of the unblinking eyes as they stared fixedly back at the light. So even after falling, it still stared back. And then Keller fired a single shot and the creature disappeared. He, what? Yep, he said, it was then that I saw it. A single, obvious oval track about six inches in diameter embedded deeply in the patch of snow. It looked unusual. A single large print in the snow with two sharp claws protruding from the rear of the mark going a couple inches deeper. Looking into a bird of prey, maybe. Maybe a raptor print. Huge, and from the depth of the print, a very heavy creature. That's shaming. Yeah, what the hell's up with that? Like, <laughs> did not have to add that. Rude. Right now, the, yeah. <laughs> the creature's listening to this and, like, one single tear is falling from his cheek. Like, yeah. uh. <laughs> You didn't have to bring my weight into you this. You couldn't have to do this. And upon further... Because they, they followed the prince, obviously, because they wanted to know what the hell was going on. Men. Men. They were like, we're going to shoot at this thing. <laughs> we're going to shoot at this thing that has glowing eyeballs in the middle of the night. And those raptor prints, we're uh, going to follow it. We're going to do this oh today. God. So they decided that whatever it was, it was more dog-like than, like, I guess, monster or lizard-like. As they had originally thought, but much like the chupacabra, it ran on all on two feet. It ran on two. It had four like <laughs> paw situations, but it only ran on two of them. No. Why do things have to run on two feet when they're and when they're not supposed to? Like you, exactly. you have like, you have four paws, uh, but why only use two? Why do you have to be that creepy? Like why do you it. why do you got to be that guy? Like why? Oh. Put it down. <laughs> Put it down. And by the end of their search, they came across no monster, obviously, because it got away. But when they mm-hmm. investigated the tracks a second time, they realized that the footprints were 20 feet away from each other. That stride. What? Yeah. That either shit that either that guy needs to join long jump right now. <laughs> oh, we got a big boy. Oh. <laughs> A big, oh, big, big man, monster. Oh, I don't twenty feet. Like I'm five foot eight. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's a oh. big stride, my dude. That is like unreal. And that that sighting is what they labeled as being a potential skinwalker on the ranch. Oh no. 
So the weird thing is here is that the ranch is 400 miles north of the Navajo region. But I guess I read this. I didn't take notes on this. So if anyone's listening, please correct me because I'm I'm going off (laughs) what I read while going through all this. I guess the Navajo Nation has a problem with the the Ute Nation, U-T-E. There's a little bit of conflict there between them. And they're thinking that skinwalkers banished from the Navajo Nation moved up into Ute territory. And that's how they found themselves here on the Skinwalker Ranch. Though I'm pretty sure they're not allowed anywhere because they're just not doing a good job. But... Okay. And that's what they're yeah. thinking, they, why he got onto Skinwalker Ranch. And the reason the whole area is called Skinwalker Ranch is that was the most prominent, terrifying experience. And after that, they actually left. The, the researchers were like, we're done here. <laughs> Good. They're like, we're out of here. The government marked it as being like just uninhabitable land. Like no one's allowed to move on to it. If you visit it now, the gates are closed and there's little like alien like po- like things up on it that say like do not enter or whatever and there's like a little alien face <laughs> like why why so that's the most prominent story of a skinwalker but they go like the whole I guess not culture, but like history of skinwalkers is just so unreal to me. Um, back in 1878, this was kind of oh. a real life, like an actual real life. Like people were like, "We're gonna fight the skinwalkers," I guess, or we're gonna we're gonna battle them to survive. Um, oh, this was the Navajo witch purge, and there's books, and I guess like. A little docu film documentary about it. I saw it on Amazon, so by all means, give it a little look see for more. (laughs) Oh, it's this. It's the Witch Purge of eighteen seventy eight, Martha Blue's monograph series, which is available on Amazon. If anyone wants to further educate themselves and listen to someone who one hundred (laughs) percent not sponsored, but who one hundred percent knows what they're talking about, go check out Martha. I'm sure she is a lot more vocal on what's going on, but. So the Navajo Witch Purge basically occurred around the time of the long walk of the Navajo, which is where the people were forced to leave their land and march to New Mexico after colonizers and just the frickin' white man forced them out to steal their land. Um, Yeah. And people suffered from terrible ailments. There There was no water. Crops were consistently failing. There was illness. There was death. It was horrible. And it's said that many of the tribe's members during this long walk turned to shape-shifting and skinwalking in order to escape, in order to leave. After a certain amount of time, the original people who stole the land were like, we can't, you know, something came up where they had, they, they, they decided to give it back or they had, I wouldn't say decided, they had to, they had to give it back because <laughs> yeah. it wasn't theirs, you know? And so the, the Navajo went back, but mm-hmm. upon returning to their original land, they started to realize that the skinwalkers never left. They just came back with them. And oh. one tribesman, <laughs> 
is said to have found a collection of witch artifacts wrapped in a copy of the Treaty of 1868. Which is just, like, so weird. And, like, (laughs) low-key would make a great, like, movie scene. That Like, the cinematography of that moment would be crazy. Like, that just sounds like it's not real. But that was real. So... In order to try and seek and restore harmony in the tribe, because skinwalkers were just completely against everything the Navajo had looked into. Like the Navajo healers were into, you know, not murder for one. Healers they, do tend to <laughs> they, be against murder. They don't heal. You would hope. Their whole aspect of their craft was to restore, to heal, to, you know. <laughs> to be pure, you know. Um, yeah. So they uh-huh. they killed forty Navajo suspected skinwalkers in order to try and oh. restore the harmony and balance of the tribe. Well, so they were not messing around, and that's kind of where it leaves off. They just, you know, oh. I believe they were able to find harmony. I hope. If okay. not, then somebody please tell me when because that's so scary. Oh. Don't. Yeah. I mean, I read that and I was just like, I never learned about that in school. Like, <laughs> we didn't learn about a lot of things. In there's, a, there's a ton of stuff that we didn't learn about in school, but that was not, that was one of the things we yeah. never learned about. Never heard about the Navajo witch purge. The long walk, I'm pretty sure I heard about, but yeah, the Navajo Witch Purge of 1878—that seems like a pretty big fucking deal. I oh, they <laughs> damn. They now they say if you talk about skinwalkers, you draw uh... their energy towards you, and you're most likely to encounter one. Well, no. Yeah, so I'm really excited to see how this rest of this week will go. I was gonna say I'm like. At least I'm in England and the Native American population is much lower here than in New York State. But The, the entirety of New York State is literally based say. off of Native American like tribes. Like almost all of our say. all of our towns are named our after Yeah, all of our counties are named Onondaga, after yeah. Oneida. Yeah. Seneca. Yep. Like Canandaigua, every every county is named after a Native American. Fucked it all up. God, that's a whole damn. Other, we uh... suck. That's a whole. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast chapter. That's a whole other oh, genre all. of podcast <laughs> that we can get into, but not today. Not today. But yeah, so I... that is kind of I. I I hate being so intrigued by skinwalkers, but I just feel like <laughs> that it's just it's just not I don't want to say interesting, but it's kind of interesting. It's kind yeah, of creepy, I mean, a little spooky. I think it's understandable that we're interested in something that one is taboo, and they're like, no, 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 no don't talk about it, because then that kind of immediately makes someone want to be like, well, tell me more. Exactly. And then the fact that it's like. Oh, and they can shape shift into an animal of their choosing and com- uh, control humans. You're just like, oh, I used to I, pretend. Yes, I used to. More. I used to pretend I could do that when I was in fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I had oh my God. I I had my warrior cat moment. I'm not afraid to no. I'm not afraid to admit I that just, about myself. I literally just told Rob about the Warrior Cat series because he had never heard of them. And I couldn't I will admit I never had that phase. Like oh. I never read the Warrior Cats. Well, I knew all about like I knew <laughs> that there were people that were uh you're, you were a warrior cats person i was a warrior cats person one no. full year baby <laughs> one full year oh god i was gonna say fifth what, that grade was the year before i met you i think we met yeah grade so yep <gasps> that oh. was yeah i was one of those girls in like elementary school who was like a tomboy and who thrived off it because I was like I'm not like all the other girls I'm a cool girl I'm I like 10 to... and I like pickle and it's like, oh, I like God. to get dirty and get dirt exactly. on my knees like I don't want to paint my fingernails <laughs> like okay Karen oh god that that was me in elementary school and then in middle school all of a sudden guys liked girls that were actually girly and I was like wait I don't know how to do this yeah that's I literally went from fourth grade when I first moved here and I was like totally into like I was like oh my god like having crushes on boys like I love fourth grade like super cool I'm a girly girl yeah and I don't know what happened I don't know if that summer was just super traumatizing but then I went to fifth grade as like the warrior cat girl so I like I like digressed no, I regressed. Is that the word? I regressed. regressed. Yes. Yeah, I went regressed. backwards. We, just, we don't talk about that here. No. I was also one of those girls. God, I am just dragging myself here. I need to get this off my chest so people just know that I grew up and it's fine. I was also one of those girls that when you like, play, you like play a game at recess, it just continues the whole day. The game just continues into school. So if oh, you're yeah. if you're like the elf girl, like you'd go, I'm gonna go to the bathroom and then like you had to go on your mission to like find the <laughs> dragon scale, which was actually a gusher stuck to the fifth grade hall ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> and that's facts. That's a real memory. Oh god. So cringy. We- ah! I don't have that specific memory but i definitely used to play weird as fuck games like if i could remember them now i don't want to i've probably repressed them for a reason i don't want to put like i don't want to put victoria on light but you can ask her you can ask her what it was like being elf queen and i don't want to put other people on blast but victoria i'm putting you on blast like don't pretend like you don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) don't pretend like you don't know you were there bitch but you know how people say like either peak in high school or college yeah I feel like I peaked in elementary school and it all <laughs> went downhill from there. Your peak was just like seventh grade lunch. Like third grade, like really doing yeah, your best. Like, you're like just rocking grade. it. Like, let's go. Let's own it. Had all the friends and then all of a sudden middle school happened and I was like, oh no. Punched in the mouth. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. Some people don't come, like middle school is brutal. Some people don't come back from that emotionally. I'm still recovering. I like the I end think... of this podcast has turned into like therapy sessions. For <laughs> hey, we years. mentioned this before. Cheap therapy. If you, that's the whole point of this. I want you to ask me the most inappropriate questions about my childhood or anything, so Wait. that I can open up and just get this all off my because I can't afford three hundred dollars a session. This, you. You thought this was about ghosts and cryptids? Nah, this is just so that we can. I mean, our our, our it's pretty scary upstairs, man. Up in here <laughs> in the good old brain brain cavern. 
That's the biggest scary story. Our personalities. That's the truth. That's the truth. Because you'll never know if it's real or not. You'll never oh know if what you see is real. Because <laughs> I sure as hell oh don't. <laughs> I remember someone in, this was in high school. I know who it was, but I, I'm not going to like go around just spouting off random names. But she, I think it was a philosopher who said it first, but she was like, you know, you can, the only way you can tell if someone is human is if they think. And the only person that you can prove thinks is yourself. Therefore, you have no proof that anyone else around you is real. <laughs> what why did you have so wait this this oh, I no. <laughs> like I think what about that in the, the world fucks me up I'm like why dude but you're but you're like not but you're not, but you're not wrong how exactly. we um, how do like, we how do we know if people around us are really actually thinking your simulation I you know what probably dude Dude, now you got me all messed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, because like this is what keeps me up until 3 a.m. Where I'm like, am I have real? you have you ever just like <laughs> looked at someone like so like like someone like walking on the side of the street or just like shopping and you're like that person is like living something else. Yeah, but and like you'll never like, know. Like think about like that person is experiencing a completely different world than we are. How yes. can that be? How can that be real life? Like you're telling me, there's that many consciousness they're just like floating you, around. Have you ever thought about how my green might be like your red or something? Where it's like I oh point that color and I I say that's green, and to me, my green could be what I see is like your red. Like it could be, but you would, but you would never know. Exactly, because you've ah. just accepted that color as being that color. Yeah, I'm like, okay, that's green. Green is green. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, this type of thinking is scarier than any skinwalker or any ghost story I've ever heard in my entire life. I have daily existential dread. It's okay. And now I'm be thinking about all day, like, do I even go to work? Does it even matter? <laughs> Does it exist? Like, do I, do am I, I really getting bills? Or is that just part of the simulation? To see if, to see if I comply. <laughs> oh god. Do I'm I gonna... do I actually have a flatmate named Laura or am I actually living alone? <laughs> oh my god, stop. Uh. Gonna... That is so freaky. Right. Oh god. <laughs> I'm crying right now. Not really, but I'm thinking about it. This is how my thought process works. I don't know how we got from skinwalkers to <laughs> That's how life be sometimes. That's the whole point of this. We're just, I don't know. We, we try and scare people, instantly goes into some quarter life <laughs> crisis, and like we're not going to make it. This whole thing's a simulation. Sorry, guys. We kind of just Sorry. quacked. We quacked out. <laughs> Ignore all of that. Moving on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's skinwalkers, my dude. <laughs> that's it. That's all I have. <laughs> That's, That's all, all we got, got. For you guys. I'm so sorry. Oh my god, that was so good. That was so funny. Oh my <laughs> Jesus, my reminder Jesus. to uh, follow us on Instagram, the Ghouls Room underscore in between each word. Email us at the Ghouls Room Podcast period in between each word at gmail.com. It'll just be a good time. Oh, and check me out on uh, Elysian.b. 
on Instagram. That is the art account. I'll be posting stuff on there as well for the podcast. We also have a Patreon. That link is available on our Instagram. There will be perks on there once we get people signed up for that. Um, Perks will be available in the information on there. Yes. Speaking of, we have our first Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the love of our life, Sophia, the driving queen. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. That that in the beginning was just like a little little shout out. We love you and your horrible driving. (laughs) You've probably improved. It's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll leave it at that. (laughs) Thank you for supporting our podcast and for loving us for who we are. We love you. We also got our first email from True. It was a prank email, but... I'm still going to take it. Yeah, it's an email. I'm offended, but I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take it. But yeah, so goals are to post every week. This is chapter two, and we will see you guys next time. Stay spooky, my friends. This is Emmy. This is Julia. Bye. (laughs) Wait, do it again, bitch.